0: Growing in God's Word and learning how to take up our cross and follow Jesus, this is Crosswalk with Pastor Clay Stevens from Cross Culture Church in Raleigh, North Carolina.
1: Let's say that there is a bomb hidden somewhere in this room. Would you try to diffuse the bomb yourself if you knew that there were a bomb-diffusing expert in this room with you right now?
0: If you have plumbing problems, who do you call? A plumber. If you have car trouble, who do you call? A mechanic. When we have a problem with something, it's natural to call someone who is an expert at dealing with that problem. So, when we have problems in life in general, who do you call?
1: In the physical and the material and the financial landmines that can come into our life, God is a bomb-diffusing expert. Why would we possibly try and diffuse the bomb ourselves?
0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Crosswalk. Obviously, God is not like a repairman waiting on our call. But, as Pastor Clay is going to remind us in today's message, God is an expert on everything. Why wouldn't we turn to Him to meet our needs and handle the problems of our life?
1: If you're thinking, well, by faith I've, I've trusted Jesus as my Savior, praise God. But are you trusting Him with your finances? Are you trusting Him with your marriage? Are you trusting Him with your health? You understand? Faith is something I'm supposed to walk in every single day of my life.
0: In our series, Pray 18, we're exploring some of the various parts of our prayer life in order to help us to understand both the purpose of prayer and the power of prayer. And as we'll also hear today, our motivation for going to God in prayer should be much more than just to fix our problems. Now here's Pastor Clay with today's message from our series, Pray 18.
1: talking about some of the aspects or the components of prayer. Who, I asked this last week, I'll ask it again this week, who would readily admit I struggle sometimes in my prayer life. I struggle being consistent at it. I struggle with spending enough time in it. I I have a hard time with my prayer life. A few of us admit it, the rest of us, the rest of y'all pray for us because clearly y'all don't have a problem with your prayer life and we need your prayers. Uh, Daniel chapter 6, some of the components of prayer. Here's what we're starting with this morning. Prayer is petitions for God it may sound a little funny to you but prayer is petitions for God let me read verses 10 and 11 of Daniel chapter 6 this morning now when Daniel knew that the document was signed he entered his house now in his roof chamber he had windows open toward Jerusalem And he continued, watch this, he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and supplication before his God. I think it is amazing to me that at this juncture of Daniel's life, at this moment of Daniel's life and what is going on, and we kind of gave some of the backstory to that last week, but I think it's pretty amazing to me that at this point in his life, Daniel is finding a reason to give thanks. Did you see that in the text? He's he's found a reason to give thanks. Now, That means that Daniel is doing either one of two things. Either Daniel is thanking God for this trial, for this circumstance, for this hardship that is in his life. Either he's actually thanking God for that trial and circumstance, which is a pretty remarkable thing, if you think about it. Or he is thanking God for for the things that he has to be thankful for in spite of the trial or the circumstance in his life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Either he's thanking God specifically for the trial and what God is going to do with it, or he's thanking God for the the blessings of his life or the things in his life that that are worth thanking God for in spite of the trial. Either way, either way, Daniel is displaying an amazing amount of faith in his prayer life at this, at this moment in his life. He's displaying an amazing amount of prayer, uh, amazing amount of faith in his prayer. Because let's, let's, let's take the first one. Let's say he's thanking God, or the second one. Let's say he's thanking God for the things that he has to be thankful for in spite of the trial. You and I, know from experience, and and you can feel free to amen this at any point if you like, but you and I know from experience that it is hard to thank God for anything in your life when something is going wrong in your life, right? But there are things to be thankful for in our life. Um, Our family, our health, our job, whatever is not part of the trial... Right. And that, you know, we understand that, can vary. but whatever is not part of the trial is something that we can and should be able to thank God for in spite of the, 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 the circumstance or the difficulty. But it's so hard, right? Because the trial, the circumstance, the difficulty is, is screaming in our face. It's, it's taking us by the shoulders and it's shaking us and it's saying, Hey, pay attention to me. And, and so the things that, that are good, the things that we could thank genuinely thank God for, they're, it's almost as if the good stuff in our life is held hostage by the trial or the circumstance or the hardship. You, you know what, y'all, can you all identify what I'm saying to you? It's almost like it's, it's, it's held hostage by the hard thing in our life. It's kind of like if you, if you stub your toe. You may ever stub their toe in here. Most of us have stubbed our toe one time or another, right? When you stub your toe, if it's in the middle of the night or, or whenever it is, but when you stub your toe, you still got nine perfectly good ones, right? You still got nine others that are, that are functioning properly and they're, they're doing just fine. But you could care less about the other nine. Why? Because that one is screaming, hey, pay attention to me. That's, that's what trials and circumstances will do in our life. There, there may be lots of stuff going on in my life that may be good, but but this this thing, this situation, and I'm not diminishing the severity of it, whatever it is you might uh, have gone through or be going through, I'm not diminishing the severity of it, but I'm saying that that it's it, it just clamoring for our attention and it blocks out everything else that is good in our life. And And I don't believe Daniel's going to let that happen. He's choosing to operate in the realm of faith. And even more so, to give thanks to God for the actual trial, the actual circumstance, the actual uh, struggle that we're having to go through, to actually, I think Daniel is doing that because you read the text, he, he doesn't, I mean, you read it with me, he doesn't, he doesn't seem bent out of shape particularly, he his, his feathers don't seem to be ruffled that badly, he, he just seems to, to go right on with his routine that he does every day, uh, three times a day, he's going up to his room and he's praying, and he's carrying these petitions for God to God. It's almost as if Daniel knows that God is capable of handling whatever the issue is. That he's, Isn't it? It's almost as if Daniel has learned that God can handle this. It's almost as if Daniel has learned that the, the situation, the circumstance, the trial, the difficulty, the petition is for God. And not for Daniel to fret or worry or stress or be anxious over. Do you hear what I'm saying to you today? The petition is for God. It's not for you to lose sleep over and struggle with and can't eat. And you wake up thinking about it and you try to fall asleep and you're thinking about it. And it consumes almost every waking of your moment and can be utterly and totally exhausting. You had a trial like that? Circumstance like that, Daniel knows that these petitions are for God. They're not for him. And that's exactly what he's doing. Okay, I because of the culture, because of the world in which we live in today, I need to preface what I'm about to say to you by saying to you that what I'm about to say to you is fake. Okay, it's not true. Okay? I'm saying to you that what I'm about to say to you is not real. Let's say that there is a bomb hidden somewhere in this room. <laughs> Let's just say, yeah, anybody, you want to look under your seats or anything? Anybody see anything? Look around and wait a minute. What What's this over here? I, that, looks, that looks pretty... This is not a real bomb. <laughs> it's not plugged in. It can't. Everybody knows a bomb won't work if it's not plugged in. <laughs> no, I'm not. But, but here's, if it was a real bomb, and let's say you found it. Let's say I just happened to not find it, and you found it. Would you try to diffuse the bomb yourself? If you knew that there were a bomb-diffusing expert in this room with you right now, would you try to defuse the bomb, or would you take the bomb to the bomb-diffusing expert? Right? You... Right? Come on. No? There's a lot of talking going on there, but all I know is, no matter what y'all said, this is what you do. You would take the bomb to the bomb-diffusing expert. And you probably you probably wouldn't even have to pray about that one. You would take the bomb to the bomb-diffusing expert because you would know that if you try to diffuse the bomb yourself, there's a high probability that it's going to blow up in your face. Got great news for you. God is an expert on everything. In, In explosive marital issues... God is a bomb-diffusing expert in, in uh, work uh, trouble that comes your way. God is a work-trouble-solving God. In, in the physical and the material and the financial landmines that can come into our life, God is a bomb-diffusing expert. By the way, y'all understand now why I said I'm, I'm glad that that pop didn't go off a little bit. <laughs> Later. So, do you understand what I'm saying to you? God is a bomb diffusing expert. Why? Why would we possibly try and, and diffuse the bomb ourselves when there is an expert who not just is available, he wants us to bring those petitions, those problems, those issues, those struggles, those heartaches, those trials, those whatever all they are, he wants us to bring him. Our petitions, because they're not really for us. They are for who? They're for Him. They're for God. Most of us understand what the word petition means, but just to remind you, according to dictionary.com, petition is a request made for something desired, especially a respectful or humble request, as to a superior or to one of those in authority, a supplication or a prayer. It's bringing it to Him, and when we do that, now listen, bonus. When we do that, when, we, when, when, when we're able to let go of, of and te- take it to this bomb-diffusing expert, and I don't have to worry about, listen, you don't have to worry about it blowing up in your face. You understand what I'm saying to you? He's a bomb-diffusing expert. Whatever the issue is at your school or or in your work situation or in your home or with your finances or with whatever, God's a bomb-diffusing expert. And when you can take those things to Him, you're able to to release yourself to let go of those things and and, and not have to fret over them, not have to worry about them. And you get the opportunity to display faith. And I know I keep saying this, but why is faith such a big deal Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, Without faith, it is what? Say it again. One more time. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, that means for you and for me, ladies and gentlemen, that I cannot please God. I cannot be in God's will if I do not operate within the realm of faith. And if you're, you're thinking, Well, I, I, by faith, I've, I've trusted Jesus as my Savior. Praise God, we'll, we'll save a place for you in heaven if I beat you there. But are you trusting him with your finances? Are you trusting him with your marriage? Are you trusting him with your health? Are you trusting him with, with, with your family? You, tr- you understand, faith is not just for someday pie in the sky, by and by when I get there. Faith is something I'm supposed to walk in every single day of my life. And, and I have discovered this in 30 years or so of walking with Jesus. I have to choose, I have to choose this. I have to choose to walk by faith because a life of non-faith, worry, fret, what what of this and this and that, and what, oh, I don't have to do anything for that to jump on me. I mean, that's just, that's just but to choose to say no you know what my god is greater my god can handle the things that come into my life and i will choose by faith to trust him in this terrible situation in my life that hurts and stinks and i don't want to be in it and all this kind of stuff but i'm going to trust god in the midst of it when we do that we are we are employing faith therefore according to hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 we have just done what to god we have just pleased god by choosing faith over our circumstance, over our situation, over our trial. Do you understand? So, what we discover is we we don't go to God uh, to to reveal our circumstance to Him. Right? He's God. He He knows everything. We don't we don't go uh, we don't rev- go to God to reveal our circumstance or trial. We 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 go to God. we, we go. To get God. We go to be with God. I forget exactly how I put it on this, but I put a little thing up on the screen. We don't reveal our need to God through prayer. We reveal our need for God through prayer. Do you see? God, I, 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 I'm facing this situation in, in my life. I, I think I'm going to get laid off. Or God, I think uh, my health insurance is going to run out. Or God, I, I think my kid's in trouble. Or God, I think this. You all know this. It's, God's like, God's not... Right, wait a minute, wait a minute, let, let, me, let me write this down. What? Okay, say that again? No, we don't, we don't reveal our need to God through prayer. We reveal our need for God through prayer. By prayer, we're saying, God, I need you. I, man, I, God, I need you to work in this situation. And if you don't work in this situation, I'm going to be in a boatload of trouble, God. And by faith, I know that you will. Hey, listen, look, just a, a few passages remind of Scripture just reminding you this. Genesis chapter 18. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Y'all want to answer that? No. No. How about this one in uh, Jeremiah, I think, uh, 32, 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power and by thine outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Nothing too difficult for you, God. And one more in Jeremiah 32, 27. Behold, and this is God speaking, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? And the answer is no. No, see, our petitions are for God. They're not for us because... Because we're not an expert. We're not equipped to to diffuse the bomb. God is the ultimate bomb diffuser. He's the one we need to go through. You and I like to... You and I like to sail through life. Don't we? It's all right. We can admit it. You and I would like to sail through life. You and I would like a light breeze and blue skies where we can just sit back and, and... drank mango smoothies and everything's going to be good in life. Sounds nice, doesn't it? It, it does sound nice. And by the way, it will be nice. There, there is an eternity coming. That, uh, that idea of sailing through, there is a reality of an eternity coming that will be like, I don't know about the mango smoothies, but there, there, there is a reality coming of, of no more trials, no more issues, no more difficulties, no more hardships, because God has created it that way. That was, that was his plan, that we could, could exist with him throughout all of eternity and experience the good pleasure of who God is. And, and all that he has uh, created. But the problem with wanting to, to sail through life, besides the fact that if you've lived past the age of nine, you know that that life doesn't exist, right? No, I, I've, I've said this many times. Nobody gets to collect $200 and pass go every time around the board of the real game of life. All right? Trials come. Circumstances come. Hardships come. Difficulties, all that stuff comes. So, but the problem with that, with that idea of, man, if, I did, if, it just, if just this worked out and, and if I could just sail through life, the problem with that type of life, besides the fact that it really doesn't exist, even though people spend their lives trying to find it, the problem with that kind of life is it doesn't require a shred of faith. If the skies are always blue. If the breeze is always light. If my mango smoothie cup is always full. If everything is going the way I want it to go in life. Tell me when the last time was you employed faith in a situation like that, where everything was going well for you. And so, I said, So now I need to move, move on. But before I do, I'm going to say this, and I hope you don't have anything to throw at me. But in spite of what we might think, in spite of how it might feel in the moment, you and I actually need needs. You and I actually need trials and circumstances and difficulties in our life. We actually need them. Not just, well, we should bear that. No, we actually need them because without them, we don't operate in the realm of faith. And let's see, where I've read something about without faith. It's what? possible to please god so the petition is for god it's not for us he wants them and he has the power to work and do in the circumstances the question becomes am i willing to trust him am i willing to let go of the bomb in my life whatever it is am i willing to i know i still live in the reality of it i'm not negating that i know i'm still living in the reality of it but am i willing to release it and say god i'm placing this in your hands and can i say this to you before we move on, you may have to say that to yourself a hundred times in a day. Do you know what I'm saying? Because, because the bomb, the fuse is still lit, right? It's still plugged in. And, and, and you, right? And, it's, and so you may, have, you may have to say it. At eight o'clock in the morning, and eight fifteen, and nine thirty, and two twenty, you say, God. I, I'm this. This bomb is yours. Here, it's, it's here. It comes again. It's trying to, and this is happening. But God, this this bomb is yours. You're the bomb diffusing expert. God, I, I'm I'm going to yield to you. I'm bringing this petition to you. Here's here's here it is, God. Not because he doesn't know, but because he wants them, and because he wants us to display our faith in him. And when we do that, God is glorified. The kingdom is in in a position to advance. God has an opportunity to show His power, and you and I have the opportunity to show our faith. OK, here's the second idea that I want to share with you this morning. Prayer is passion toward God. It's petitions for God. It is prayer toward God. Let me read verses 11 uh, through 13. Then these men came then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and supplication before his God. Then they approached and spoke before the king about the king's injunction. Did you not sign an injunction that any man who makes a petition to any God or man besides you, O king, for 30 days is to be cast into the lion's den? The king replied, The statement is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which may not be revoked. When the king issued an edict according to the law of the Persian Empire, the king issued an edict. It could not be reversed. Verse 13, Then they answered and spoke before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the injunction which you signed, watch this, but keeps making, his keeps making his petitions three times a day. Even as these guys are busting in the door, Daniel is on on his face before God, praying. And as I said last week, Daniel's not dumb. He's not unaware. He knows exactly what's going on. But here he is still praying. And not just praying, praying three times a day. Daniel, ladies and gentlemen, wants to get a hold of God. Daniel wants to get a hold of God. And, And I have no doubt that Daniel had passion for whatever for, for the, what he was praying for, uh, passion for the situation, passion for God, uh, for God to be glorified in the situation, whatever. I have no doubt that Daniel had a passion for that. But more than that, if you study the life of Daniel, you discover that, yes, he had a passion for, for seeing God's hand move and seeing God's uh, work accomplished. But more than that, Daniel had a passion for God, for God himself. Not just for the solution to his problem, not just for an answer to his prayer. Yes, those things are fine and good. We should carry our petitions to God. But more than that, Daniel has a passion for God. That's who he wants to go to. It's almost as if, as you read this, it's almost as if Daniel has to go to God in prayer. He has to do this. He's been doing it three times a day. And and here comes this edict. And I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to get me in trouble. They're trying to get me thrown in the lion's den. They're trying to, all this kind of stuff. I know what they're trying to do. But I, I can't not do this. Is that bad English too? I can't not do this. I have to pray. I have to go. It's almost as if Daniel has to meet his God. He has to be face to face, in a manner of speaking, with his God. It is a passion toward God. Before I was... Uh, pastor. Uh, It's a number of years ago. I was working a side job in Florida, where I'm from. I was working a side job, working uh, for a gentleman, planting grass in pasture land. The man's name was Monrad Chandler. Monrad owned a pretty good bit of land, and he needed to get grass growing in one of his pastures. Now, in Florida, if you want to plant grass, what you do is you go and mow a a pasture, a field that has grass, you bale that grass, and then you take those bales over to the field that you want to sow seed into, and you cut the bales, and you pull the grass up out of the bales, and you shake it all over the field to get grass to grow up in there. And that's exactly what we were doing monrad is driving a tractor and me and jerry kelly are uh, taking these bales of freshly cut grass and we're cutting the bales and standing on the back of a flatbed trailer that the tractor is pulling and we're we're pulling the bales apart and shaking the grass everywhere and listen there was there's dirt and there's fire ants if you've been in florida there's fire ants there's there's parts of snakes that have been cut up in the in the mowing product. Listen, you haven't lived until you haven't lived until you pull apart a piece of thing and there's some snake head staring at you, right? The thing. So But there we are. We're we're standing at the back of the flatbed trailer and we're we're reaching out, we're cutting bales of hay, we're pulling parts up, and we're shaking grass everywhere. as rig goes up and down, up and down, back and forth across this, this big acreage, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. As you can imagine, it, it was hot, dirty, nasty, sweaty work i mean it would work these hands are not used to that kind of work it was work but there we are we're we're shaking them out and we're shaking out dirt and as you're doing this uh obviously dust and dirt is flying everywhere and you're sweating like crazy in in, in south central florida and the dirt is sticking to you and and caking on you and and it's, it's just it's just a nasty job for hours and as you could probably also surmise, when you're doing that kind of work, you get thirsty. I'm talking three syllable thirsty. <laughs> Have you ever been so thirsty that your tongue s- s- swelled in your mouth? Is that right? Swelled. My tongue done swelled in my mouth. I don't know what's right. But you ever you ever been so thirsty that your tongue swelled in your mouth? Your lips get parched. And you you literally feel like you got half an acre of dirt in your mouth. And and you'd love to spit it out, but you can't spit it out because you don't have any spit left. I'm talking thirsty. And then it happened. Monrad pulled the tractor over to his pickup truck. And there inside of Monrad's pickup truck was a cooler. A large cooler filled with Ice an ice cold 16 ounce pepsi colas now i'm a personally i'm a coke man i got i got four of them up here after the service personally i'm a coke man but listen to me i'm, I'm gonna tell y'all something Nothing ever looked or tasted better than that ice cold 16 ounce Pepsi. And heaven help the person that stood between me and my 16-ounce ice-cold Pepsi. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? After two hours of back and forth and dust and dirt and grime and, and can't even spit, you're so thirsty. Heaven help the person that came between me and my ice-cold Pepsi. I wonder, I wonder if you and I have that kind of thirst, that kind of passion for God. I wonder what would happen if you and I had that kind of thirst, that kind of passion for God. You know what, I, you know what I'd, I'd be willing to bet? I'll bet we wouldn't let anything. I'll bet we'd say, heaven help the person that comes between me and my time with my God. I'll bet we'd be people of prayer. Listen, look, look what the psalmist said. Psalm 42, 1 is, The deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for you, O God. Listen to what he says. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When will I come and appear before God? God, I can't wait to be in your presence. God, it's it's like I'm dying of thirst to be in your presence. Uh, Psalm 63, 1. Oh, God, you are my God. I will seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Oh, what if we had that kind of passion for the presence of God? Jeremiah 29, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you and you'll seek me and you will find me when you search for me with what? All your heart. You know what that is? That's passion, ladies and gentlemen, that's passion. God, I I can't not come into your presence today. God, I can't not spend time with you. I got to be 67 different places. I'm pulled in 18 different directions, but God, I must, I must be in your presence today, God. Don't forget this one. We used this last week, Jeremiah or I'm sorry, James chapter five. We focused on the righteous, that righteousness, living a holy life is is a prerequisite for your prayers to be answered. But don't miss the fact that he says that an effectual, fervent prayer. A passionate prayer. You see, here it is, folks. We need our needs met. Absolutely. It's proper and right, and we should, just as I've said, we should carry our petitions to God because He is the one who is capable of taking care of them. But can I say this to you? More than having our needs met. We need to meet God. I'm telling you, more than having our needs met, and I know we all want our needs met, but more than having our needs met, we need to meet God. Because without God, none of it matters.
0: What an amazing thought. God wants our petitions. God wants us to come to Him with the needs of our lives. Of course, it's not about informing God of anything. As Pastor Clay explained in today's message, we don't reveal our need to God through prayer. We reveal our need for God through prayer. Prayer is an act of faith, and faith pleases God. And as we just heard today, our motivation shouldn't be simply to get our needs met, but rather to be with God. Being passionate about our relationship with Him will motivate us to want to spend more and more time with God, and spending time with our Lord and Savior is always a good thing. We're glad you joined us for this week's message on Crosswalk.
1: getting
0: is to be used by God to show people that a life built on the finished work of Christ on the cross is where they will find what they're searching for. Learn more about us, who we are, what we're about, what we do, and what we believe. Visit us online at crossculture.church
1: I'm not the water I'm not the bread But I know the place
0: Cross Culture Church, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture
1: to the cross.